1: Welcome back to the Hindu Studies channel of the New Books Network podcast. I'm your host, Raj Balkaran. Um, I'm a specialist in Hinduism. You can find out more about me at Rajbalkaran.com. It is my pleasure today to be talking with Sucharita Adluri, who is Associate Professor in the Department of Philosophy and Comparative Religion at Cleveland State University. And today we'll be talking about her book, Textual Authority in Classical Indian Thought, Ramanuja and the Vishnu Purana. But before we get into the book, We should get into the author of the book. So, welcome, Sucharita. Thank you, Raj. So, maybe you can tell us just a little bit about yourself. uh, Maybe where you hail from. How you got interested in this. You know, tell us a bit of your story.
0: Yeah. um, So, I received my master's and PhD in religious studies from um, University of Pennsylvania, and. I had actually gone there to study with Wilhelm Halpfass, who unfortunately passed away two years into my uh, uh, sort of tenure there. And um, so Luda Roche then became my main mentor. But while there, I was um, I became interested in Sri Vaishnavism, um, which is, a, as you know, uh, a living tradition um, in um, South India. It had its beginnings in um, the 12th uh 11th 12th 13th centuries and uh basically my book is about the beginnings of this tradition right. um i you know reading in graduate school i came across um you know works that talked about ramanuja as a um a, a sort of a synthesizer of um vedanta philosophy and devotionalism and bhakti so um, i asked a very Simple question, uh, deceptively simple. In fact, uh, I I asked how he did that. How was he to accomplish that? Mm. So, um, so that kind of then led me to uh, this text, the Vishnu Purana, that he uses um, uh, quite a lot in his um, in all his um, commentaries on the um, the Vedanta canon. Uh, which are, uh, you know, commentaries on the Upanishads, the Bhagavad Gita, and the Brahmasutras
1: themselves. Right. So Um, now that we're entering a little bit of the meat of your book, first I want to say, you know, I naively didn't realize that you were mentored by Ludo Roche, and as excited as I was to do this book for a number of reasons. That is super exciting. His his survey of the of the Puranas is like the Bible of the Puranas. exactly yes. And <laughs> exactly. and for for those of us who may be a little um, newer to the terminology, the Puranas is a group of texts that loosely can be thought of as say mythological texts, uh, legends, stories. So there's a class of texts in South Asia that contains the various lore uh that most consider folk and, and 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 were sort of brutally received by colonial scholars thinking they were haphazard interpolated brahmanical conceits and now scholars like sucharata and even myself are realizing the power of the puranas um i asked this deceptively um uh, naive question myself from, from my doctorate which mm-hmm. essentially the book coming out later this month which is why is the devi Mahatmya framed by a king in exile like what's it, why is the story told to a king in exile? What's up with that? And so right. I, I I get what you're saying about the deceptively naive question of, well, how did Ramanuja accomplish this? Right. Um, before we get into the meat of the book, here's a question that I think is fascinating and I think apt. Ramanuja is this systematizer, this thinker, this philosopher, right? Right. Um, now is, Traditionally, in scholarship or even in, 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 in traditional Indian paradigms, is that achievement in a vein not incongruent or thought of as incongruent with looking at the Vishnu Purana or the Puranas or the, or the lore of India for support? Is there something compatible or incompatible about a, a, a systematic philosopher looking to narrative?
0: Um, absolutely, especially in the context of Vedanta philosophy. Um, most... If not all arguments uh, that commentators make um, in their works on Vedanta uh, refer to Shruti, uh you referred to Smriti earlier, uh, of which Vishnu Purana is a um, is a text of the Puranic genre. Uh, most commentators usually rely on the uh, the scriptural uh, scripture of the of uh, the Upanishads, the Vedas. Uh, which, which are thought to have a, uh, a higher authority uh, than Smriti. So Ramanaja was in a sense the first Vedanta commentator, or at least a commentator whose works are extant, uh, who really sort of infuses uh, Vedanta with these, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, popular texts uh Puranic texts like uh, the Vishnu Purana, uh, and he was very biased in his use of Vishnu Purana. He does um, cite from other Puranas here and there, but the bulk of his uh, uh, arguments are supported by material from the Vishnu Purana.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's it's even interesting to me as a specialist because I don't, you know, I, I do I do very different. I do different work than you, um, and mm-hmm. my work is primarily narratological, ideological, or making sense of the Hindu world through narrative, and right. your work is very squarely historical. So it's fascinating for me to, to understand that this this notion, that we, we have ample evidence that the tradition looked to the Puranas right for systematic thought, and yet we're yeah. only now in the last few decades really grokking this notion that if you want to understand Hindu philosophy, you need to understand Hindu narrative, but it's problematic because it's so, uh, interpreting uh, thinking philosophically and thinking archaeologically aren't necessarily the same thing and 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 using stories um, uh sort of being able to understand stories the way we understand facts are sort of different aspects of us so I really like this bridge very much why don't you um why don't you tell our listeners in a nutshell what is it your book does what does it say what's what's the core takeaway that it accomplishes
0: um the main uh Point that it tries to make through its, uh, all of the chapters um, is that uh, one that this was a very unique exegetical strategy that was that was utilized. So it, it tells us a little bit about uh, you know what commentators. Uh, do with material or or, uh, a lot of times in uh, there are there isn't a lot of information on uh, how commentaries are written or should be written. Um, And so what my book does is kind of goes behind the scenes of of this commentaries of Ramanujar that we have before us, um, kind of looking a little bit at the mechanics of of, uh, how he was able to argue his point of view while at the same time, refuting, you know, objections from for him, the um, the rival tradition was um, Advaita Vedanta uh, of Shankara. So, um, so, so in that sense, I think it tells us a lot about uh, commentary writing. Uh, it tells us a lot about uh, texts. How were texts viewed? Uh, this Vishnu Purana, which is a, you know, approximately a fourth century text. Uh, how did it transform uh, 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 the sort of the doctrine, philosophy, uh, religious expression of 12th century um, South India?
1: Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's really fascinating. Um, that's that's very rich. Um, what uh, maybe tell our readers briefly what sources you used or what was your data? Like what did you look at?
0: Right. So the, uh, the sources uh, that I utilize are three of Ramana's main commentaries. Uh, one is the Vedartha Sangraha, uh, which is his commentary on all the Upanishads. Uh, Ramanuja did not write commentaries on um, individual Upanishads um, like Shankara did. So the Vedartha Sangraha uh, and uh, his commentary on the Brahma Sutras uh, and also the Bhagavad Gita. So these three are considered to be um, to to kind of comprise the Vedanta canon, uh, uh, and writing commentaries on these texts uh, sort of legitimated one as a commentator in Vedanta circles uh, in medieval times. Um, so so the the source texts are these three texts, uh, and I then in the text, explore his use of Vishnu Purana, where he uses it and how he uses it. So it requires a little bit of, um, uh, it's not just about the quotations, it's about how those Vishnu Purana quotations actually aid in his his argument. And
1: and just to be clear, the quotations, he quotes the Vishnu Purana in these commentaries
0: himself. That's correct. Yes, and um, and we can find actually these quotations in the critical edition of the the Vishnu Purana that has been um, you know published 1990, I think, uh, by P- Peter Schreiner. So at least by the 12th century, the Vishnu the the Vishnu Purana as we have today uh, is, is the same as the the text that we have today. So this is not a this is not a question of him, you know, making up. Quotations, or um, uh, you know, that we can't find the quotations in um, you know our, our editions of, of the, the Vishnu Purana, so on and so forth. So,
1: so would you, in your opinion, do you find that his reading of the Vishnu Purana is relatively true to the Purana as someone may read it um, outside of that context, or do you find that it's somewhat strained for the sake of his
0: right, theological right. bet? right and this is this is a very, very important question, because it it kind of goes directly to it addresses directly how we view texts. Um, it seems to me from um you know working with these commentaries and you know the the use of the Vishnu Purana, that Puranas in some sense were not uh, sort of read in and of themselves. Um, I mean, sure, there were uh, performances, uh, there were recitations of the Puranas that took place in temples and other public arenas, but I think always there was a sort of a dependence on some kind of a commentary, whether it was a written commentary, uh, as in the case of Ramanuja, or oral commentaries. So... I, I think it's if you look at the Vishnu Purana itself, um, I think you can find both Advaita and Vishisht Advaita uh, interpretations of of you know or, or views of ultimate reality and Vishnu. Uh, but it's it's in the in the hands of a master exegete like Ramanuja, uh I think he's able to successfully read the Vishnu Purana first uh, through the lens of his. Self body framework, right? Okay.
1: right? Yes. Well, we'll, we'll and, then, have...
0: and then and then use it to and then use these Puranic verses to actually read <clears throat> some of the uh, Shruti texts themselves. Mm. So this is this is all interpretation, um, and and it's 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 difficult to say is the Vishnu Purana Advaitic or Vishisht Advaitic or Dvaita, mm. you know, is written from a Advaita oh. perspective. I think the text is fluid enough overall, right, that, that any of the above frameworks can be, can be um, sort of um, had from it.
1: Uh, so, so this, this resonates with, with my understanding of the Puranas, uh, although I think of it in the inverse, whereas my sense is that the very genre of Puranas and the epics they function to sew together these various strands. So they function in the popular culture to uphold ideologies that come from these various sectarian or philosophical strands. And so narrative is the most powerful way to unite contradiction or play with tensions or or preserve tensions. And it seems to me that the Puranas purposefully um, bring together various uh, ideas as only narrative can. And so the fact that uh, different exegetes from different traditions can now um, e- distill that, you know, kind of reverse engineer. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> the, absolutely. Yes. The
1: project of the Puranas. It's very fascinating to me. Um, I wonder, uh, so. Uh,
0: um, so, so one, um, as a lead up to the, uh, a, a, the the answer to the question that you, you just asked about is the Vishnu Purana Advaitic or Vishishtar Advaitic. Um, one example in, uh, this comes up in, in, in chapter three on his, um, in his commentary, the Sri Bhashya, Ramanaja purposefully has the Advaitin objector cite the Vishnu Purana to establish the Advaita point of view. And then in his conclusion, the Siddhanta, he goes on to, to refute it. Uh, so this the strategy, right? So he's not he's not choosing a text. Uh, simply because it serves his purpose, he's he's almost reclaiming the Vishnu Purana um, as a mm-hmm. Vishistite text. Uh, uh, you know, and 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 this is this is very, it's, it's it's a wonderful strategy where he's very upfront in having the objector use it, you mm-hmm. know, to to ha- to support his views and then uh, sort of you know take it all back in in mm-hmm. in his um, you know argument against why the Vishnu Purana shouldn't be read that way. Mm.
1: no it's it is fascinating um tell us i mean there's so much we could we could have an entire uh, podcast on just reading texts or texts in south asia and and the the symbiosis between ideology and, and narrative which is sort of where i live but let's go more into the heart of your findings and um maybe unpack for our listeners you know what does the vishnu purana affirm for him in terms of his conceptions of self Right so um, like, what, what are the concepts that He really right.
0: So yeah, so there's a, a, there are several sort of strands or themes running through all of my chapters. Uh, and the Vishnu uh, and these themes are are, are are concerns of of Ramanuja because they're sort of unique features of Vishishtadvaita Vedanta. and in all the for all these features, then he depends on the the Vishnu Purana. So to uh, so first, uh Ramanuja was very uh, uh, sort of intent on uh, claiming and affirming Brahman as the cause of the world, right, as the material cause of the world. Uh, so to put this in perspective, he was responding to the Advaita point of view, right, that the world is uh, illusion, right, it's uh it's a a cognition right that can be uh uh corrected so to speak with um right knowledge right so for ramanuja who's coming from a very um sort of a devotional uh Vaishnava context uh temple worship uh the image in the temple uh devotion and popular devotional practices were very important uh and so for him uh, uh arguing that the material world is real, uh, but at the same time is a product of of Brahman or Vishnu was was very important. So that's one point uh, for which he depends heavily on the Vishnu Purana. Uh, The second point is uh, to distinguish. um, Again, this goes back to to, uh, Advaita commentaries. Uh, He was very keen to establish the distinction between the individual self and Brahman. Um, so in Advaita, individual, when you have the right, uh, understanding or realization, there is no distinction of individual self and Brahman. Uh, for Ramanuja, even when you're liberated, that distinction is maintained because Vishnu as the supreme deity, right, uh, sort of rules over, uh, liberated souls who are ever in, um, sort of adoration and worship of him. Right, so even in liberation, that distinction is not erased. So that's that's the second important point. The third important point for which he um, uh, depends on the Vishnu Purana is in his uh, uh, definition of ignorance or avidya and uh, how that affects uh, the embodiment of the individual self. So for so consistently, if you look at the, the three commentaries. It is these points, right, on which he goes to the Vishnu Purana for support. Right. And the Vishnu Purana is uh, able to provide Ramanuja, uh through his reading, right, of the Vishnu Purana, these uh support for these um for these arguments. So the main features of Vishishta Advaita Vedanta are uh if you look in his commentaries are are, are formally indebted um, in some sense to the Vishnu Purana passages and brahmana' reading of the Vishnu Purana
1: that is that is fascinating fascinating material is there anything that that surprised you when you were coming across this material and, and, and drafting this book or looking at the sources is there, is there something in particular that really threw you for a loop or or, or you know you may have wished you had known going in or Tell us what surprised you about this.
0: Yeah, Um. so the, I was very naive at first uh, thinking that I would just have to um, sort of evaluate and analyze, right, uh, Ramana's commentaries, right, and uh, look at his citations on the Vishnu Purana, and then uh, sort of, uh, you know, conclude, right, how the Vishnu Purana helps him, doesn't help him, vis-a-vis. Other sources um, other sources such as the Upanishad. Um, what I found was that in order for me to fully understand what Ramanuja was how he was using the Vishnu Purana, I had to actually look at Advaita commentaries um, as well on uh, some of these topics uh, that you know that use the Vishnu Purana so it kind of expanded my research. Um, Sort of uh, the data I needed to collect, uh, the the sources uh, were increased. Um, not only that, uh, I also had to look at commentaries on Ramanuja's commentaries, so sub-commentaries by his disciples, um, just to make sure that I was I stayed within the tradition. Not that not that I should be, but I wanted to make sure that. The way I thought Rao was interpreting the Vishnu Purana was, was in line with later Sri Vaishnava tradition, um, mm-hmm. and I wanted to make a note of if if I was or wasn't, right, uh, and why the case may be. But I really kind of wanted to document that, so that kind of <laughs> expanded the project. Uh, uh, in in. In surprising ways, it was it was um, it was a lot of work, but also very rewarding. So, so much like
1: um uh, much like Ramanuja himself, you had to understand, uh, fully understand the opponent's point of view.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this and this takes us back to what we started the our conversation with is this whole idea of intertextuality, and how texts are sort of woven together. And in order to to understand a text, uh, it's important to look at Textual co- uh, the, the textual context, the interpretive communities that are are mm. uh, uh, involved in 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 you know composing these commentaries. So mm-hmm. on, so. Now,
1: for the listeners' benefit, just a tiny bit of context. Um, I had not met uh, sucharita before, but uh, by some stroke of luck, we were both at the. Um, World Sanskrit Conference. It takes place every three years, um, often in exotic places. Like three years ago, was in Bangkok. We were lucky in that it was in our backyard. It was in, it was in Vancouver. It was the 8th to 13th. So she she hand-delivered her book to me, and uh, there was lots of presentations about intersexuality in the Puranas. So, so yes. this is a fascinating, new, exciting uh, avenue of research for all of us. Um, now, tell me then, do you feel that now you're looking at um the commentaries of ra's commentaries on behalf of his disciples. do you right. feel that there was any disjunction or any um, was there cohesion there or did you feel that various disciples were pulling in different directions or what was your sense
0: of that um his immediate disciples the works of his immediate disciples uh seem to sort of expand on his uh on his uh, sort of argument, um, so I think by the time of his disciples, there were other Advaita treatises that were um, that were composed that um, you know had refuted uh Advaita doctrines. So his disciples then had to contend with these later Advaita commentaries as well uh, to address the issues against Vishishtha Advaita that, that were raised um, you know, in the rival commentaries. So so in that sense, I think they have to deal with newer material uh, in some sense. Uh, uh, on the other hand, they always claim as um exegetes do that they are following Ramana right but they're making what he had said clearer uh, you know to 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 our understanding so um,
1: mm-hmm. yeah no that, that's interesting so there's various pieces tell us what was your favorite chapter what was your favorite piece writing what was the piece that you kind of that sung for you that you really liked to get out there
0: um i think there's several but i think uh the the third chapter uh, uh, the third chapter on sribhashya um uh sribhashya one 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 uh, which is his commentary on brahma sutra one 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 uh is fascinating because I had not expected uh you know Ramanuja to have the Advaitin utilize the Vishnu Purana uh you know up front um and then sort of go on to uh, uh refute that understanding, so it was is very delightful uh to see that 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 kind of strategy now um you know that in uh, South Asian commentarial tradition uh, there are no texts at least uh, in the Hindu tradition that lay out how a commentary should be written, uh what the rules are. Um, so when I was when I was reading through this, uh, it was it was very uh, it's wonderful to to discover some of these um, sort of strategies uh, of interpretation, uh, you know, that were utilized by um, you know someone in the twelfth century. <laughs> so, mm.
1: so where where do you see this research taking you, Sujatha? What do you see? is perhaps the uh, an evolute of it the next step or the next question or tell us more about where 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 might one build on this or where might even you plan to build on this
0: right so um this research has opened up several uh, avenues uh for me uh one avenue uh that i'm pursuing is um looking at the vishnu purana itself uh, not as a text, but um, the life of Vishnu Purana. Uh, And what I mean by that is I'm I'm working on two commentaries on the Vishnu Purana, one written from an Advaita perspective and the other written from a Vishishtadvaita perspective, uh, both written after Ramanuja. Uh, One, the Vishishtadvaita commentary is from the, the 13th century and the Advaita commentary on the Vishnu Purana is from the fourteenth, uh, fifteenth century. So I, am interested in how uh, the Vishnu Purana kind of takes on a life of its own in these commentaries. Uh, you know, not the text itself on its own, but um, how how it is transformed um, in the hands of these these two uh, uh, commentators.
1: So, just just to be clear for our listeners. You're referring to the textual, the subsequent textual life of the Vishnu Purana.
0: Absolutely, yes. And it's interpretive re- mode. Yes. The reason
1: I ask is because, for example, are you familiar with um, the work of McComas Taylor, for example?
0: Absolutely, yes. And
1: So he's yes. looking at the Bhagavata Purana, but yes. the performative life thereof.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so what you're what you're looking at is the is the subsequent textual life. Absolutely. Of yes. the Vishnu Purana, just to be right. Clear.
0: Right, okay. and and the thing is that these these are not simply texts. Uh, I mean, they're texts, but they're also embedded in in you know a social cultural context. Mm. Um, so it would be interesting to see um, how that two hundred year uh, difference uh, between the Vishis Advaita and Advaita, uh, you know, when they were written, uh, what effect that would have had on uh, you know how the the Vishnu Purana was um, interpreted.
1: This this brings us to a really fascinating, important observation, I think, about um, Indian civilization, you know, Indian culture as a whole. Um, this idea of, um, I don't know even, there's so many pieces, where do I start? So just this idea of the fluidity of the Puranas, that this is a really important idea, um, that the, the Vedic corpus is fixed, it's all about precise ritual enunciation, etc., and that the Puranas as argued by various scholars, um, that they are the the class of text itself serves to fill this need for fluidity and engagement and rolling with the times, right? And so, does that resonate with you in terms of the function of the Puranas?
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, I think uh, what what the Vishnu Purana means uh, to someone who's coming from a Vishist Advaita perspective. As opposed to somebody coming from an Advaita perspective, uh, is is very different, and these and even within Vishishtha Advaita and Advaita, there are um, there are a lot of uh, permutations, right? I mean, there is a history of Vishishtadvaita Advaita philosophy, and there's a history of Advaita philosophy. So um, so it 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 becomes important how uh, at a specific uh, time and place, uh, you know, utilizing a specific framework. Uh, whether it's Advaita or Vishista Advaita, how how these texts were sort of uh, you know mined to give authority to the the religious tradition that was that was commenting on 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 the Vishnu Purana or or on this. Mm.
1: And so from from a from an, so one concept we use in religious studies is emic versus etic, and emic being the insider's perspective as a devotee of Vishnu or as or as an, uh, an intellectual adherent to Advaita Vedanta, for example. Right. versus uh, what we do in scholarship, the etic perspective, which is what can we understand from outside the tradition. And they're not necessarily hard and fast, mutually exclusive. The emic position is going to inform the etic position. So the data of religion itself is not just the hard data. It's also what people believe about the data. It's also how they relate to the data. Absolutely. Um, and so this I, this this idea that, that the Vishnu Purana um, can be both... Can serve to um, to what's the word authorize? Serve to authorize, legitimize these various traditions. Yeah. How could it be any other way? Because both of these traditions are legitimized within the one tradition that legitimizes the Vishnu Purana, and so, insofar as the Vishnu Purana's job is to legitimize the Hindu religious tradition, right? It's right. it's going to speak to these various strands. So, in a sense, in a sense, it seems to me that the wisest approach to the text is one of this text is, is going to be saying different things at different times because the tradition does. And so, yes, y- yes you can, as an Advaita Vedanta, see this text the Advaita Vedanta lens. But I think the bird's eye view is one that the text is itself lending itself to interpretation,
0: if that makes absolutely. any sense. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. yes.
1: So cool. So, so the life of the text is something you want to explore. And I, I kind of felt that you had something else you wanted to say other offshoots or other developments of the research?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm also working on a, uh, other projects uh, on Sri Vaishnavism, uh, looking at the, more of the um, sort of uh, the religious expression uh, in Sri Vaishnavism. So I'm working on a paper on inscriptions uh, at a mm. Sri Vaishnava center from the 15th century. So. Um, so yeah. So,
1: what actually got you? Why Sri Vaishnavism? Why Sri Vaishnavism? What was the draw there?
0: Um, I think I was looking for a alternative to Advaita Vedanta, mm. um, and I, 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 I don't intent I, I don't mean to say that I understood Advaita so well that that I found it uh you know I, that I didn't find it persuasive um but I wanted to know how uh, from within the tradition how, how how this tradition had um responded uh to something so so radical as Advaita Vedanta um, the world is an illusion um, and then the question is, well, what happens with with all the ritual, uh, worship, devotion, right? So, um, so I think it was it was kind of my my investigation into that um, that led me to. Um,
1: yeah, it's it's interesting to hear you talk about that. I think either consciously or unconsciously, part of my draw for the Devi Mahatmya uh, mm-hmm. as text is because, you know, it's it's narrative but it's also deeply philosophical when you have back the narrative and it's basically the job of people like me to do so. Right. But the overarching thrust of it um, I think counters this um, classical Hindu Upanishadic notion that the world is a trap and, the, and then, and then the orientation of the wise person is to get the heck out of it.
0: Right. Because, right.
1: You know, why would you want to be, who cares how comfortable the cage is? You want freedom. And, right. and this sort of, one can make the argument that yeah, you know, classical Hinduism has no platform for social activism because of this moksha liberation oriented bent. And then the pendulum can swing the other way. And you can make the argument that no, the, the Puranic narratives, the epics themselves, the Devi Mahatmya are so squarely about um kingship and world affirmation and life in the world that, that, that somehow the natural the the, the, the the pendulum sways from the Vedic world affirmation to the Upanishadic. You know escaping the world now back to this narrative where you need to embrace the
0: multiplicity of life right right and, and and that actually also it's a very important point that underscores uh this this sort of plurality of interpretations uh that that was that that is sort of inherent um right in in um hindu traditions of south asia uh where you can have an Advaita perspective but a vishish Advaita and a Advaita perspective as well um so it kind of creates um, you know a lot of variety
1: yeah, and if when I teach Hinduism or even when I think about Hinduism, I remind myself that the most fruitful ways is to compartmentalize to think prospectively and provisionally, and that if you're looking for a is Hinduism polytheistic is Hinduism monotheistic is right. it, it's just it's this, it's this myriad of various traditions that somehow tacitly coexist and I think that coexistence is best enacted and preserved in narratives like the Vishnu Purana, so it's no doubt uh, that you wisely are looking to um, even Ramanuja's use of the Vishnu Purana. Um, So quite enjoyed this work. I think it's important for for obvious reasons based on this conversation. Um, We have taken up, I believe, enough of your time for one day. (laughs) Um, Is there anything else do you want to tell us, you've already told us what you're working on, which is great. Is there anything else you want to say to our listeners in terms of where you're at or how to find you or all that?
0: Uh, no, not really. I okay. mean, everything's available online, you know, okay. information. So.
1: No problem. Okay. So it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Raj. Um, my pleasure. And we will look forward to more exciting um Hindu Studies works uh, unpacked on here on the Hindu Studies channel of the New Books Network until then take good care bye bye